0: Hi, I'm Kara Kilmer. I play Sylvia Bread on Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Mina Semolis.
1: You're standing to your family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 82 of Meet Us at Molly's. Tonight we are going to cover episodes 4, so 404, 704, and 604. As always, I'm Gina, I'm one of your hosts. Bryna unfortunately could not make it this week, but that is okay, because we have tagged in three of... Some of our most active listeners who we love so, so much. So, the first listener who's going to join us tonight for the Chicago Med portion is none other than Perry. Perry, hey, how are you?
3: I'm good. And you? Back. Yes, I'm really excited.
2: Yeah, I'm so excited that you were able to join tonight, especially because you're in Europe and it's the middle of the night.
3: Listen, all I can do for Chicago Med, I will do it. <laughs>
2: So funny. But you're able to keep up with the shows in real time and everything?
3: Uh, I'm watching them, like, I watched them this morning because, like, in real time, it's kind of late, and, like, I don't want to miss something, so I watch them the morning after.
2: That's cool. That's cool. So what we're going to do tonight, listeners, since it's a little different night, we have three separate guests instead of just one person. Uh, We're going to cover the news with that particular show. So the first thing we're going to cover tonight is the med news and then we'll cover the fire news later and the PD news after that. So the first bit of MED news that we have is from Matt Carter, and it's not really the news that we wanted, per se, because the gist of it is that Chicago MED is expected to have a very lengthy midseason hiatus. And the reason for this is because NBC has announced that the Titan Games are returning. The Titan Games, if you don't know what that is, it's a series executive produced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, it's premiering on Wednesday, January 2nd, with a two-hour premiere starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. So that means no med and no fire on January 2nd. I'll mark that down. Um, following that, the Titan Games will air one-hour episodes in the 8 p.m. time slot. So this means that for a good stretch of the winter, Chicago Med will be off the air. So, and I, I know I said that it was coming back, but apparently it's a new series. You know what I'm thinking of? Remember how John Cena had that series maybe a year or two ago? I can't, yeah. Yeah, I can't even remember what it was called or what it was about. I'm think, I think I'm think i confusing it with this, but
3: what do you think? Um, I don't know, but I feel like Chicago men always get the, like, treatment because... Uh, last season it was cut down and we started in November and like now we're getting like cut in half. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they made such a big deal about Chicago Wednesdays that I feel it's kind of useless if like half of the season won't, in, won't even be Chicago mm-hmm. Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like right. Chicago Fire and Chicago PD will continue, but like not mad. I don't know. I find it kind of weird. And Chicago Med is really working well in that, like, time slot. So I find it, like, kind of unfortunate for the, like, listeners, the viewers, yeah. to, like, um, to change their schedule. Yeah.
2: I like what you said about how Chicago Med always seems to get the short deal. They always really do seem to get the short end of the stick, which, you know, in the early seasons, I would be like, okay, it's the new kid on the block. We're in mm-hmm. season four now and the ratings have been solid.
3: yeah, totally. So I don't know what made that decision happen because I'm like I feel like it could it could have been on Tuesdays because there's not really something before like this is us but I, I don't, don't know
2: before this is us I don't even know.
3: no me neither. I think it's like on Tuesday is it not like this is us in New Amsterdam and then that's it. I, I feel it's not really like, oh, there's a voice. The voice. Yeah. There's, yeah. I forgot. But yeah. So I guess, like, yeah, if the voice is there, yeah, I guess Wednesdays is the best time slot so to it put a huge show. It is basically, I
2: feel like, is the best way to describe it. It's, it's definitely unfortunate.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. And hopefully it won't be off the air for that long because. I'm, I can't even imagine at this point, even though we're only four weeks into one Chicago Wednesday, I can't even imagine a week where, you know, one episode is new and the other two are not or vice versa. That's going to be weird.
3: It is. But I heard that it's going to be 10 episodes. So it's going to be 10 weeks. So if, if Chicago Men is going to come back, it's going to be like, like end February, the uh, beginning of March. So I don't know if they're going to go through, like, March until, like, May or if they're going to get less, ap- uh, like, uh, less longer season. I don't know how it works, but I heard it was 10 weeks.
2: Goodness. So, yeah, so, and I can't remember what the episode order was. I want to say all three shows got similar episode orders, though.
3: I don't know. Uh, has it been an- announced? The, I haven't seen anything about the numbers.
2: I feel like it was announced, like, way back when Renewal happened, but I could be completely wrong, so I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, that's that's a bummer, and hopefully the Titan Games is indeed only ten weeks and not too long, because I love The Rock, I do, but, like, come on.
1: Yeah. So,
2: that's unfortunate, but mark your calendars, and of course we'll relay more once we know about it, so... The other piece of med news that we got, we got a deleted scene.
3: We and did.
2: We did, yeah. Um. This deleted scene contained April, Noah, and Natalie. As in, they deleted a Noah scene. That's not okay.
3: Probably the only one, because Noah hasn't been around for nope. a while.
2: Yeah, Roland hasn't been filming in, in a long time. And so, you know, we have to take our Noah scenes where we can get them. So, do you? Uh, admittedly, I saw this last week. I don't quite remember what happened. Do you remember what went
3: on in the scene? Yeah, it was, like, uh, Ethan was passing by April, and, like, April gave him an arrow. Then Noah came, and he was, like, why are you such being, a, a, like, harsh on him? And then she was, like, mind your own business. And then Natalie came, and she was, like, saying how much, like, Ethan and April are similar, so that's why, like, they're always fighting or something like that. I think it was basically the, the like, scene. But I don't—I had a kind of uh, issue with it because I was actually happy to see, like, a Natalie and April scene where they're, like, girlfriends more than, like, colleagues. Because since season one, we haven't seen that much scene uh, between, like, April, N- Natalie, and Maggie. -hmm. So I was happy, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. I always feel like every time we see April, it's just like because of Ethan. Now she doesn't; she isn't her own person anymore. It's always related to Ethan. So I don't know. I was like, oh, another scene about April and Ethan. Yay! You bring, but I love that couple. Well,
2: you bring up a really good point. I haven't thought about that. That you know april's primarily revolving around ethan this season
3: yeah so and we're gonna talk more about it later because yeah. it was the same issue in the this week episode but like i don't know i was kind of like disappointed i wanted more for april but yeah
2: yeah that's that's a great point it's a great point
3: point. and i feel like i mean
2: you're right about april and natalie that we don't really see much of a friendship between them i feel yeah. like this is kind of similar to what we had with Burgess and Lindsay in the first couple seasons, just how like, they're just two females in their own orbit. Like, they don't have to be friends just because they're in the same workplace. But, with that said, I mean, both of them are kind of wrapped up in their
3: relationships this season.
2: So
3: Yeah. You're right. It's just because, like, in the beginning, April and, like, Maggie were so there for Natalie during her pregnancy that I kind of felt, like, bad when the, like, kind of cause this as- aspect of the show for more relationship. But yeah, that's more of my point of view.
2: Yeah. Very interesting. So we also got an episode description for episode 407. So if we just finished four this week, this mm-hmm. will probably air in the second week of November, the first week of November. Yeah. Or is this Halloween episode? I'm all thrown off.
3: I think it's the second the second week of November. Makes sense.
2: Okay. Um, Perry, would you like to read this description and kind of take us through it?
3: Yeah. Okay. So the hospital is forced to evacuate when a toxic chemical is brought into the ED, leaving patients and the staff in grave danger. Stuck in an elevator, Dr. Charles and Dr. Manning are forced to take drastic measure with a pregnant woman. Goodwin is tasked when making difficult choices, and Dr. Rhodes discovers a secret that Dr. Becker has been holding from him.
2: And of course somebody's stuck in an elevator, right? It's not a disaster unless someone's stuck in an elevator.
3: Always. And with a pregnant lady. With a pregnant
2: lady, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with no cell service, because that's, like, one of the key things. There cannot be cell service, ever.
3: Uh I think that episode's gonna be really interesting because I like last season with, what they did with um oh my god I forgot but it was a uh, eighteen like oh my god I real it was one of the best uh, episodes of the season how much I forgot like what happened okay. but I don't know I was last, uh, last season it was like a shootout yeah Natalie son she was scared that he he died and everything. Mm-hmm. I like when big things happen because, like, everyone is kind of involved mm-hmm. in some ways, and it's not like pairings, and it's more like everyone is like working with different people. So I'm interested. I'm excited for it.
2: Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool to see how Dr. Charles reacts to being stuck in a closed space.
3: Because Dr. Oh. Charles
2: is a psychiatrist; he's usually, you know, super cool under pressure. Just kind of roams the halls of the ED. And so he's going to be, like, a high-pressure situation.
3: You're right. I haven't thought about it. Did yeah.
2: you see the video on Twitter this week? Somebody happened to see Chicago Med, like, filming in their building and kind of stops to record a scene. Did you see that that video? That no, up? I
3: haven't. No. So
2: this whole thing about Dr. Rhodes discovering a secret that Dr. Becker's been holding from him, I think that's the scene that they were – doing and so I mean all you see in the video and I'll repost it because I'm such a nerd for that kind of stuff oh my god um they're like walking along and you can really only hear Colin because it's from like up above and Colin's like so you knew and you didn't tell me and then she says something else and he just pretty much like yells at her it's crazy so uh I think that's the episode so that'll be interesting Connor probably is going to discover that Dr. Becker went to his dad
3: yeah, pro- like that's the only option, right? I feel like there's nothing else yeah, happening.
2: Yeah. How do you think he's going to feel about that?
3: He's going to be pissed, but I, I don't know. At the same time, as we don't know what happened. So like some people are saying that she slept with the dad. And like, if that happened, it's going to be completely different than just the fact that like she went to him uh, to get some money, you know? So I don't know. I'm like, but he's going to be pissed. But, like, I kind of feel the the writers want them together. So, like, it won't be long before they get back to each other. I don't know. I feel it's going to turn flat as a storyline.
2: What is your take on Connor and Ava? How do you feel about them?
3: Um, I don't know. But Ava has the same problem as April. We don't know much about her. Like, every time I see her, it's with Connor. Like, and except, like, the one time where her, like, teacher from uh, South Africa was there. Like, I don't know much about her. So I'm like, okay, I guess she's cool, but, like, we don't have a backstory. We don't have anything. So I'm like, sure, why not? I, I don't really mind. I think I'm, like, indifferent to it, I guess. Yeah. I Connor is going to be super pissed off, but...
2: I would like to think that he's going to realize – he's going to, like, eventually realize where Ava's coming from and why. Because it's the same way how Connor will stop at nothing to do what he wants to do. We saw that last week with the hybrid OR, how he wanted to open it before it was even ready. Yeah. And so it, it's the same thing that Ava's doing, is that Ava did what she had to do to get the OR funded. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I think Connor's going to fly off the handle because he doesn't like his dad.
3: And he's going to hate that his dad's money is attached to it. Yeah, but at the same time, there wasn't any other options, you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But Connor is going to, it's always pissed at the end of the day. Like, if he doesn't, as we are the highway, like, that's Connor, you know? Yeah,
2: definitely. Definitely. So, it sounds like we've got a really interesting episode ahead. So, yeah. Our last bit of Men news, we got promo photos for Season 4, Episode 6. So this is the episode that will air the week before the episode we just talked about. And this is the Halloween episode. This is the one that will air on October 31st. I am so excited for the Halloween
3: episodes. I know. I'm really, like, especially here in the UK, they don't celebrate Halloween. So I'm like, I got to have my Halloween, like, kind of TV show just to, like feel that boy but yeah i'm really excited for it do
2: they celebrate in canada is that a stupid question
3: they do they do in canada but in the uk like people are not really big it's not a big thing so i'm like i need my halloween parties but anyway
1: (laughs) halloween is so much fun
3: i know right it's one of my favorite like holidays have you seen
2: these promo photos for for 406 i did are they not the cutest things you've ever seen
3: I mean, pink ladies, that's really adorable. The three nerds, and I loved it. I like, such an April costume, too. Isn't that so April? It is. It is. And, like, the um, bachelorette and bachelorette parties, I'm, like, I'm excited to see that.
2: I'm excited. I mean, it seems a little early for them to have a bachelor and bachelorette party, but, like, I'm not complaining.
3: But I feel okay, the goal is for will to get married before the the thing surrounding like FBI and everything goes down.
2: that's true. I wonder how long that's gonna take before it blows up in world space,
3: okay, you know there's um episode I think it's episode like ten or no, not ten eight or nine where the titles till death does us apart.
2: Uh-oh. I think that's
3: when. It's going to go down.
2: That's bad. That's bad. And we got a scoop the other day, I think, from TV Line, and all they said was that, you know, this whole situation with Will is going to kind of drive a wedge between Manstead. That's a bummer.
0: Yeah. Because
2: with Manstead, like, they can make me insane sometimes, like drive me up a wall insane to the point that I'm, like, tearing my hair out. But, like, sometimes they're really freaking cute.
3: They are cute. I felt like this episode, they were really cute.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that is our med news for the night. Um, You guys know the drill, as always. If you see any news, please send it to us. You guys are super, super good about that. And we appreciate it because we don't see everything. So I think we shall now jump into the episode. What do you think, Perry?
3: Yes, we should.
2: So I think we should just start with that opening scene (laughs) (laughs) of um, Choi and all of his glory just like blaring music and working out in his
3: apartment. Listen, I haven't been on Dr. Choi's side just a couple of weeks, but, like, seeing that scene, I I kind of forget, like, his character is such, like, kind of crap this season. I was just like, give me more Dr. Choi training. Like, I need need it in my life.
2: Just (laughs) casually, like, hanging from the second floor of his apartment, just, like, doing whatever he was doing. I don't even know. But yeah, that's not the first time we've opened an episode with Troy working out, but I'm not really complaining. That wasn't, I mean, just, mm. but let's go back to what you said about how, uh, you know, how they've handled choice characters so far this season. Brian and I have had extremely hot takes about this. What is your opinion?
3: Oh, my God. I'm like kind of annoyed because I used to love him so much. Mm-hmm. And like. It just switched, but I don't remember when it switched, but I'm just like, what is happening? He used to be, like, one of my favorites, for real, like, and now I'm like, okay, so are you always mad? I feel that's kind of like, every time I see him, I'm like, he's going to be mad about something. If it's not about Emily, it's going to be about April, it's going to be about the way the, like, lady react or something. I'm like do you have issues like you need to console someone let's let's but i i guess it's going to go to therapy soon because in one of the like episode description they were talking about it but like i i'm excited to see where he's going but i'm kind of frustrated at the moment mm-hmm. is it weird what i just said i don't know
2: no it's not weird at all because you know He went from being this compassionate character with, like, that rough exterior to just (laughs) being straight-up awful. I still can't believe that in the first episode, he pretty much suggested to April that Emily had to get an abortion.
3: Yeah, but that's also the thing. I feel like, like, especially with the storyline, Emily is a grown-ass woman. Like, she may not make the best decisions... But she's still a woman, and she's dependent and she's just, like, living at your, at your place, basically. So, like, you're not her father, you're not, like, I don't know, you should support her no matter what she's going through, even though she didn't, like, I don't know, I'm just, you see, I'm just frustrated. Like, every time we're talking to Ethan, I'm like, oh, you're always saying something that makes me mad. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, see, episode one, we have the whole issue where he pretty much said that Emily needed an abortion. But then it was either last week or the crossover when he was like, I can't win with you, April. Like, you're the problem. I was like, hey, whoa, whoa.
3: That was last week. But last week, I kind of gave it to him because April was kind of not minding her business. But that's also the thing. What is their relationship? We yeah. don't know. That's so, another like, question. Are they dating? Are they not? Are they friends with benefits? Because I feel like since we don't know what relationship they're in, is it like a boyfriend talking to his girlfriend or, like, colleagues? And that's also the thing, like, with them. Like, this episode, I thought they were dating, but they didn't seem like it. No. I don't know if you understood. Yeah,
2: what I, mean. I don't know, but you know what blows my mind about this franchise? How they can do this with exes so easily? How they take two people that were dating and had serious feelings for each other, they have something that breaks them apart, and yet they still remain super good friends. How yeah. In my experience, that has not happened.
3: No, no, but no, no. But I. I, also, it's a TV show, so I guess, like...
2: <laughs> are going to tell me that Burgess and Rusek are besties now after all of that drama they went through? Oh, please. There is a major baggage there. Like, stop.
3: Yeah, okay. You're right. But at the same time, Burgess and, like, Rusek is another thing. I feel like, compared to what April and Ethan been through, I'm like... I, I don't... um. I don't know, I'm trying to find the perfect word, but, like, I think we, I need more context to what they are to each other. So I can understand more their, like, their, not relationship, but, like, the way they act to each other.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, if, if, if Ethan's kind of going through a thing right now and April still decides to be there for him and stick by him, good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Like, they're going to weather that storm. That's freaking badass. But yeah. uh, what are they right now? I just, I don't believe that exes can be friends. It's never happened in any facet of my life. So, I mean, yeah. If they're exes, then, like, just, just make it definitive. What are they right now?
3: But I don't feel they are exes. That's the thing.
2: They're just kind of in a weird spot.
3: I feel like they're on the break, but not really, like, broken up yeah i don't know it's like it's because like um well we can go on with like the bernie scene but like when they met bernie okay yeah we can go back to like want to talk about bernie yeah i'm excited to talk about bernie
2: (laughs) so we meet we meet the man the the father of emily's baby is basically (laughs) the way to put it his name is bernie he is older is the main thing that we are supposed to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Well, what did you think of Bernie? Because I didn't really have much of an opinion because the minute he popped up, that after, like, rings some sort of bell in my head. I was like, where do I know him from? And I may have figured it out. So we'll get to my opinion in a second. But, Perry, what did you think of Bernie?
3: Bernie was not what I expected Bernie was going to be. Yeah. I really thought he was going to be, like, uh, really the, like, stereotype, sorry, like, A-type, kind of young, but, like, trying to, like, figure out his life and, like, doing mistakes, like, I don't know, the male version of Emily, basically.
2: Like, kind of like a bro, like a frat boy almost.
3: Exactly. Yeah, I, I haven't, I didn't thought it would be that middle-aged guy, right. but it kind of makes sense in some ways. Because the way I'm gonna see, like, and the um, with other episode description, they were like saying, We're gonna find something about Bernie and everything. And I'm like, Okay, he's gonna have a wife and a kid, like, that's where they're going, you know?
2: Oh god, I didn't even think of that.
3: So that's why I'm like, Okay, when you see the dude, you can understand, and like, he's taking the naive girl, and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna be there for her, but like, the minute. The wife show up. He's going to let her down.
2: Oh, he's totally got a wife and kids. I did not. That didn't even cross my mind.
3: Oh, that's the first thing I thought about it. I was like, okay, that's where they're going.
2: Oh, shit. Uh,
3: Ethan will lose his mind. Yeah, because Ethan doesn't even trust him yet.
2: I guess I don't blame him. He's the big brother. He's kind of supposed to have that whole thing about him. But like, ooh, yeah. Ethan will lose his mind and probably do something he will regret.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But, like, yeah. So when they meet him, April is there with them. Like, at the beginning. Yeah. But I didn't know Emily and April had that much of a relationship. I was kind of surprised.
2: Well, it's not even that they have so much of a relationship. It's more that once Ethan reacted to her being pregnant and he like flipped out on her, she stepped up and she was like, "If he's not going to be there for her, I will." Because remember, April's been
3: pregnant before. Yeah, true. Oh, April. Yep, I forgot. I know. You see, it's been it's it was in season two. She went through the miscarriage and everything, and we all, like they never mention it
4: ever again. Was, like,
2: long ago,
3: doesn't it? Yeah.
2: does yeah so so much stuff and so bernie finally finds ethan after the shift and basically what bernie says bernie's like i love emily and i'm going to take care of her and our baby do you believe him
3: well i kind of did like just watching the episode i'm like okay i can believe him but then like I said, like, he's going to have a secret that's going to come out and going to, like, make everything be, a, a, everything's going to be a mess afterwards. So I'm like, okay, I don't need to believe him that much, but I kind of did on the spot.
2: I mean, I mean, we will see. We will see. I just now that you've mentioned the wife and kids, I'm like, holy shit. He has a wife and kids. There's no way he does it. He's got secrets. There's no way nobody shows up on med and is like, I'm wonderful. And then turns out to, in fact, be wonderful. Exactly. Just. Yeah. So, yeah. Any other thoughts on April and Ethan and Bernie and the baby? Any other thoughts on that?
3: No, because it was basically only that. April did something else that episode. But, okay. Um, I'm really happy, though, that they brought back her sassiness. Mm -hmm. I feel like I missed uh, that side of her. Like, when she was talking to Ethan, and she was like, the way you're acting right now, I was like, you go tell him, April. Yeah, that's the only.
2: (laughs) April puts somebody in their place. I'm like, thank you. I will take it. Perfect. so. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like this is going to blow up in a really bad way, and it's going to be mostly Bernie's fault.
3: Oh, definitely.
2: Yeah, so. Elsewhere in the hospital, we had our favorite redheaded doctor doing some crazy stuff. William, child, I swear. So, just to refresh you on last week. There's a guy in Will's neighborhood who, who basically, Will made a house call, is the gist of it. Will made a house call, and it turns out that PD and the feds are on this guy for a ton of crimes. He's not a good guy, basically, is the deal. And Jay rolled up at the end of last week, and Jay looked at Will and said, get in the car, and just kind of gave him the loaded down. They want this guy for murder. They want him for all sorts of crimes, and yeah. Will basically got a wedding venue out of this guy for, like, super dirt cheap. And Jay was like, you need to stop. And Will was like, no, mm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So we start off with Will, and it's not Jay rolling up to the hospital. It's Hank. I mean, like, if Jay rolls up to the hospital, it's pretty much him doing Will. A courtesy by it not being Hank. If Hank rolls up to the hospital, like you're in some deep shit, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Like if Boy rolls up to my job, I'm gonna be like, "Oh my god, what did I do?"
4: <laughs> and then yeah. I'm gonna be
2: like, "Sub Hank, when are you asking out Olivia?" Huh? Huh? Like.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Um. But even Hank was doing like Will a favor. Because he really? could, like, let it go and be like, whatever, dude. He tried to call him, and he was like, we're going to keep in touch. And I'm like, you're really too nice for someone as stubborn as Will.
2: Will has gotten to be the only character in the One Chicago universe with the balls to tell Voight no.
3: Right? Well, would he say no to Voight? Well, Kelly, didn't he say no, like, once? I don't know. No, maybe not. Okay. What?
2: Like a million seasons ago, if that was the case.
0: You're right. You're right.
2: But, like, that's, that's Will. Of course Will would say no to Boyd. He's just, like, like, he's adorable, but at the same time, you're like, Will, you're so oblivious. Like, come on,
4: Will. Yeah,
3: Stop. but also, yeah. But I feel like he wears his heart on his sleeve so much yeah. that he's thinking the end game and not, like, what's happening right now. For him, what he sees is the venue and the wedding to Natalie, the only thing that he's holding on right now. And I feel like that affects his judgment through the, like, process.
2: Oh, big time. He's totally got tunnel vision. Like, it's it's wedding to Natalie or bust. Yeah. Yeah, so I just, I can't believe he told, wait, no. Like, and he was, like, really stubborn about it. He's like, like no. And Boyd was like, You could lose your license. And Will just didn't care. I just, I don't know why, but like, he's like adorably stubborn. I didn't never think that was a thing, but he's just adorably stubborn. I'm like, Will, you're so cute. Stop it.
3: <laughs> yeah. But I think after the whole thing with, um, in the first season where he almost lost his license, I think he's not scared anymore. He's like, Whatever. Try me again. <laughs>
2: That's true. That's true. So he's also not telling Natalie about what's going on. And this is just a recipe for disaster.
3: It is. But at the same time, I understand. Natalie is always overreacting. And like if Will would have told her, she would have slipped. Okay. She would have canceled, like, canceled the engagement, everything. So at the same time, I'm like, it's not the moment to tell her. I feel like he should tell her when it's all over and, like, be like, I'm safe, whatever. Like, this is what happened. I couldn't talk to you. I was, like, under, like, secrecy. Like, something like that. I feel,
2: I feel like going to piss her off more,
3: isn't it? Probably, but, like, you can never win with Natalie at the end of the day. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I I think she would just want him to be open. But you know what I feel like it is with Will, too, is that I feel like he feels like he really needs to try so hard to impress her and to keep her around. Because remember in episode one, how he was like, this is what I'm thinking for a venue. This is what I'm thinking for this. And she was like, I've been married before. Like, eh, I've been there, done that. I feel like Will kind of feels like he has to really, like, fight to keep her around.
3: Yeah. But also I think it goes back to the last season where they didn't really like sort it out all their issues. So it's kind of like or maybe they did off screen but like we didn't see it. So maybe there's still like some trust issues that shouldn't like sort it out and she's like still like she still have her, like one foot in, one foot out. I feel that's kind of the Natalie this season. She's, like, not 100% sure of her relationship to Will, but I think she just feels it's right.
2: Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment for sure. She's Just that line in the premiere where she was like, I've already been married, whatever, like, been there, done that, that, that to me seems like she seems a little, like, wishy-washy about the whole thing. Plus, she took a
3: week to respond to the proposal. She did. I really thought she would say no. I don't know why, but I really, really thought. I felt like no, they, it, they would, they would have get, um, they would have been engaged this right. season. I don't know why. I was just like, this feels off, no? Or maybe it's just me. It doesn't feel odd because
2: I think they really do love each other. At the end of the day, I think Natalie's head gets in the way sometimes, like. I'm an inherently anxious person. I overthink shit all the time. I think Natalie might like overthink their relationship sometimes.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yes. Now you say it, it it makes sense.
2: Yeah. Maybe so um a side note here. Is this the first time that we've seen Void on Med when it's not a crossover?
3: Nope. He was there the episode where Maggie was arrested. He was talking to Sharon.
2: Shit. I think you're right. You are right. Oh my God. Now that I think about that. Okay. So it's the second time.
3: It's the second time.
2: Because we never see Void on a show that's not his. Well, we see him on fire occasionally, but yeah, we never see Void on Med, which is how you know it's serious.
3: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And going back to what you had said about Will, like not necessarily lashing out, but you know, Will like wearing his heart on his sleeve and just being really emotional. That last scene with Jay, when he was like, screw Ray, screw PD, screw the feds, and screw you. I was like, Will, like, you need a hug. That's not the Will we know and love.
3: Okay, but I'm wondering if, like, if the, the episode where they, their dad died, them too, they didn't, like, really sort them their issues? Like I feel like Jay just accept the fact that his da- dad um, died, mm-hmm. but like he didn't really forgive Will. You know, it's like oh, I don't. I'm trying to explain because like I'm trying to be clear. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but I feel like um, Jay just needed support, so that's why like he let Will in. But he didn't forgive him. And that's the kind of reaction we, we're seeing now. Like, even last week at the funeral, it was like Jay was, like, close. He wasn't talking to anyone, like, not even, like, Will. And, like, when he showed up to, like, talk to Will, and it was like, what what are you doing? Because I feel like he doesn't want to lose Will. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like he doesn't want to get attached, even though it's his brother. I don't know, like if you understand.
2: I totally understand. I love that actually, because I feel like that's really accurate. Is that, you know, Jay needs a person. He needs somebody for his support system, even though it's Will. Like he still has a lot of issues to work out with Will. And so since it is Will, there's like a little degree of resentment there, sort of. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I think that makes perfect sense.
3: Yeah. And I want to say, like, Angry J is the best J, and I don't want people to ask me, but I love when J is angry. Like, give me Angry J all day. I'm good.
2: Okay. <laughs> I will not speak Injured J. The crossover was hard on me, okay? Like, hard.
3: So, it yeah, was. It was. But I was like, oh, my God. But I feel it's when Jesse gives us his best work when yes. he's angry. No, so, yeah.
2: And even this version of, like, Angry Will, this is some of Nick's best stuff. Like, the, I mean, my favorite, favorite moment of Will still to this date was what happened last season when uh, I think he had a terminally ill patient. But, like, basically the guy was, like, no more treatment. And so Will just held his hand and was, like, it won't be long now.
0: Still yeah, my right.
2: favorite still said moment. But, like, you know, we're getting to see more sides of Will. So it's good. It's good.
3: But I, yeah, but I feel it's a little, like, we're going back to season one, Will, where he was, like, like, even with his patient, I feel he's more, like, into it. Like, last season, he was so into Natalie that, like, sometimes I feel like he didn't even care about his patients. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: As for now, he's like, okay, like, the lady who was thinking about it was like, oh, but if I take out her ovaries, she cannot have kids, and I was like, oh, are we getting back the...
2: Yeah, let's talk about that case, because that was, that was heavy. That was it heavy. was. What was the scene at the end? What did he tell Elsa at the end? Did he say something like that was the hardest call I've ever had to make or something like that? He did. Okay. He did. That's heavy. And, like, yeah, really heavy. That's, mm, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to get all soapboxy, because I tend to do without some arms, but, like, I've got a little experience there, and, like, not being able to have children is one of my biggest fears at this point. Mm-hmm. So, that, when he was like, she's only 30, I'm going to take this away from her, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, whoa. Ooh. But I think he handled it well, though. He followed his instinct, which is, you know, like, when Will stops thinking and just, like, straight-up doctors, he's awesome. Like, he's, he's almost had his best when he just stops yeah. thinking and just reacts. Mm-hmm. My DNR patient But like yeah for sure So it was an interesting case I don't know What do you think about Elsa Is she coming around on you at all
3: Okay I have my Terry. I love Elsa and Terry okay. Okay. And I think I love Elsa better this week Because she was paired with Will I feel like the medical student behavior, um, behaviors Change depending on the doctor they are with Ooh Like, as a single, your vibe attracts your tribe. And you can see it with Elsa and Terry. Like, last week with Natalie, she was more aggressive, trying to call the shots, because that's how Natalie is. Right. As for this week with Will, she was calmer, taking her time. And, like, you could feel it because Will was more cautious and relaxed. And same thing for Ethan and, like, uh, Terry. Because they both gave the medical student the opportunity of like making mistakes and doing stuff and learning. Like I don't yeah. know what la- last week Natalie was like. The minute Elsa made a mistake, she was she became so tense with her. That translate in the way Elsa was acting with the patient. Yeah. Like, and even at the end, I love the the last interaction uh, interaction between Elsa and Will. It was so like chill and so like kind of trusted her yeah so yeah i kind of love it i feel like maybe it's not a good match and that's why people kind of hate elsa as for this week i felt like she was really more chill because yeah like
2: you said she was matching the behavior of the doctor she was with no granted though okay last week she kind of went to extremes and that was the one who kind of had to pull back but with Will she was just kind of like following his lead just kind of working with him maybe the experience with Natalie kind of she learned some things and she learned kind of how to handle it with Will but yeah I mean that's a great point great
3: point yeah but I, I also feel like Will knew what to do he was really calling the shots and telling like as for Natalie she was not really saying um saying anything because I think she was thinking what to say, what to do, as, like, Elsa is more like, if somebody don't do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, like, since Will was taking the lead, she need to, like, step up and be like, okay, but she's going to die. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's how I, I saw the scene. And if we could compare, like, Elsa's character last week to this week.
2: Yeah, and i, I mean, you have probably heard Brian and I talk about it all the time. Is that we yeah. love
4: Mo-
3: we
2: love Elsa because we love Molly Bernard, and
4: I just love her. She has
2: Molly Bernard colored glasses on, so you know, um, yeah. So like we're coming around her, but we also had Dr. Choi and Terry, and the way Brian had described it in the outline was racist lawyer lady. Basically, <laughs> 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 she. Yeah. I had, like, chronic pain, and then it took a turn at the end. Um, I don't know what I was doing at the end of this Met episode that I missed the part that she was completely racist. What was I doing? I was probably – I had a little bit of adulting to do before I actually, like, fully jumped into the shows last night, so I could have been doing a number of things. Anyway, um, Perry, kind of take us through what happened with the lawyer lady here.
3: Okay, so basically the lawyer lady came in um, – and she was complaining about back pain. So, uh, Terry, uh, with Dr. Choi, examined her, and they saw that she had a scar from a operation she did a couple years ago. So, that was it. So, they were like, okay, so we're going to look it out even more. We're going to give you some uh, pain killers for the moment. And then they, like, went and... What happened? Didn't he search already to see if she was a freaking flyer?
2: He did, yeah. And then he and Terry found her law firm page and realized that she had given them a different name.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, because, like, uh, Dr. Charles told them to search, like, with the info. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, so they come back and, like, they tell her, she tell them that like yeah she lied and she need her uh meds. But like Ethan uh didn't want to give her the meds because she didn't have a good enough reason and then she started like complaining about like the case next to them, which we're gonna talk later, which was Natalie and her patient. She was saying how much like um Sorry. Um. Yeah, she was saying how much uh, they they're giving the moon to like people who doesn't even speak English and like who were fighting in the ED. But like for her, she's gonna get through a uh, like process, whatever. And then um she asked again for the meds, and Ethan said no. And she was like, "Get me your supervisor." So Ethan uh gave the cat the case to Lanik. Which uh, we're going to go back to because it's connected with uh, Natalie case. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: just, mm. They were, so Brenda left some notes in the outline, even though she couldn't join us tonight. So she did say that, you know, she thought they were going to use her to show a different side of addiction, which they did in some senses, but then it took a turn. So mm-hmm. I think I have a problem with here. I mean, we will touch on the racism in a minute, but... I feel like the way lawyers are portrayed on TV, it it gets under my skin sometimes Mm -hmm. because I have a little bit of a legal background, a little bit. I don't like it because they're only portrayed in one way, that they're only portrayed as like completely high strung and out of their minds. Like, yeah, yeah, the legal profession, a lot of us are high strung, but there's more fountains to those of us with legal backgrounds.
0: There's yeah. like more
2: than that. And so I just... Sometimes the way TV portrays that makes me a little zany. But that's just me. But the, the racism part of it, I mean, it's disturbing and it's disgusting, but it's a reminder that, like, this happens in the world still in 2018.
3: Yeah, it does. It does. But I also felt like the, the storyline was literally, like, written to... for the other one. Like... I don't think it was overthinking, like, it was kind of like a meh storyline until we get to the end, where we understand what she did, but I'm like, I don't know, I was, it just fell flat until, like, the last minute, because, like, it was because of her behavior that, like, enabled, like, the rest, but, like, the giving a fake name and everything like didn't really make sense right you know like they, they, i don't know i don't didn't maybe she, they wanted to give, give more
2: she gave a fake name
3: no we like she, i don't even know but maybe it's what's because did they say why i don't think so hmm. like she just admit that she did it but she need her meds like that's basically like what it's happened just-
2: it's just sad that, I mean, that still happens to this day in 2018, and so that's something that does well is when they don't shy away from the big issues and they just zero right in on it. So with that said, I think that's a really good segue into Natalie's case,
0: because,
2: mm-hmm. wow. Um, actually, before we get into Natalie's case, we also got, we got a lot of messages from you guys last night. Ooh, you guys had opinions, and I love it. I love it so much. We got a DM from Hallie, and Hallie said, you know, that female patient who just wanted her drug refill, like, what can I say besides that she's a racist, it took everything in me not to crawl through the TV and smack her. Yeah, I, yeah.
3: Yeah, I agree with her. Like, I have so much to say about her, but I don't. I think I just want to insult her. That's, like, all the insult. That's pretty much it. Right, so...
2: Yeah, that was that was a tough one. Also a tough one was Natalie's case because wow. So her patient needed a bone marrow transplant or a stem cell transplant. She needed some sort of transplant basically.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And so what cells?
2: Cells, yeah. And so her brother obviously it's like her twin brother too, right? Weren't they twins?
3: Were they? I don't think so.
2: But obviously her brother was a perfect match for her, but then he didn't he wasn't willing to do the transplant because he was worried about immigration that, you know, he wouldn't, he'd be put into the system and ice would come get him because he was undocumented. So Natalie and Goodwin end up talking him into this because they're like, this is a safe place. This is, you know, it's confidential. Don't worry. He, they get the name and like, before he can even donate his cells, ice rolls up on the hospital. Yeah. What? Yeah. Does ice really, Move that quickly if they get a tip.
3: Well, I guess, like, it would make sense if, um, the lady complained, like, earlier in the afternoon, and he, like, depending on when she complained, I think they they really move quickly, especially in this day and age, Mm -hmm. it would make sense.
2: And she being Dr. Choi's racist patient, correct?
3: Yeah. Because... She's the one that told Dr. Lenick when she asked for the manager. Mm -hmm. So, like, and then he said it to Gwen. So Gwen made a move. But, like, yeah. It was such a painful storyline to watch because it's still happening right now. And I'm like, I'm not even American, but, like, we hear it all over the news wherever we are in the world so right. it's like
2: I, I yeah it was it was disturbing to say the least uh tori actually made a tweet last night and you know she basically kind of thanked the chicago med writers for letting her apologize to our country through dr manning and so i mean mm-hmm. it, it's yeah that, that was kind of Chilling. And so um another one of our listeners, Meg, she tweeted and she just said, This is a really great reminder that we all need to vote on November sixth. Yes. Yep. Yes, rock that vote. And it's a Tuesday, it's not a Wednesday. So one Chicago should not be an excuse. Rock the <laughs> vote. You have a voice, use it. Yes. That was a chilling storyline. So um, we also got an email from Kate on this issue, and Kate had said, you know, I've been critical of Natalie in the past, but would love to have her fighting for me. April is the new Natalie. Exhausting. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty spot on. But, like, you know, because sometimes April gets on Ethan's case, and I'm like, yes, girl, you are completely right. hmm I don't know if I agree with that, that April is exhausting. She's not exhausting. She just makes her mind.
3: I think um, the way I see it, I think the problem with April is also the fact that, like, they like to make her seem less smarter than she really is. Mm-hmm. I feel she has really strong opinions, and what she's, like, suggesting most of the time makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that, like... Because she's not a doctor, she kind of seems, like, always pushing an agenda, which is she's not. Yeah. So, like, I feel even though she's saying out loud what she's thinking, she cannot really do anything. So that's why I cannot make her the new Natalie. I don't think so. But at the same time, I'm, like, an April fan, so, like, I'm kind of biased. I love me some April.
2: Yeah, April's great. So, so elsewhere in the ED, we also had Connor. Oh, Connor. I'm really frustrated with him. Because he's got this ego that is just getting ridiculous.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But, like, also, I think, is the hospital fault? Like, with all the cameras and the meetings and, like, You don't need that much of a thing to like show off the OR, right? I feel you because it's Connor. Yeah, okay, yeah. You're right. But at least he apologized to Ava, who thought those words would come out of this mouth.
2: Yeah, but like, how many more apologies until you're just like, yo, this is not okay?
3: Oh, no, but this is not okay. No, like, from the beginning. I'm, I'm not like, Connor is like easily becoming my least favorite character. Like
2: more so than Choi.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like I don't know. He feel he's entitled. At least Choi is like he got some issues. I'm like it, it's gonna go away. But like mm-hmm. Connor is just his personality that is like straight up crap sometimes.
2: You know what I think part of it is, too, is that, I mean, you know, we, we all have relatives we don't really 100% like, right? hmm But regardless of that, you still sometimes will see traits of that person pop up in your own personality. He hates his dad, yes, but he's still like him in some ways.
3: Oh, he totally is. Yeah. Like... Connor is like the copy of his dad sometimes. And like,
2: he's he's his father just with a little bit more of a conscience, no?
3: Yeah, but even there, I'm like, not sure. I feel he lost his conscience. But like, I don't know, like, he's making so many like decisions on the fly and like taking risks and not overtaking everything. That Because, like, Connor hasn't been through, like, what Will has been through. Right. Because he hasn't taken a loss yet. And I'm like, and even with Ava, this episode where, like, she was like, this is my OR, like, back off. If there weren't, like, that many people in that, like, room, he would have come for her.
2: It was Ava's OR.
3: It was. I totally agree. But, like, the way he looked at her, it was like, okay, there's too many people for me to fight you on this.
2: Do you think he respects her
3: professionally? He doesn't. But doesn't he respect somebody? Like, the way Maggie, like, I love Maggie, but, like, going to an OR nurse is a such a demotion.
2: She made a point of that, too. She was like, that's a demotion. He's like, whatever, think of it. Because... He considers working with him such an honor. I'm like, Connor, modesty. Like, can you be a little humble?
3: Yeah, but he. I, I don't know. When was the last time, like, something didn't go through for Connor? Like, maybe last season when that pregnant lady died? But, like, I don't remember. Connor doesn't lose patience. Connor is such a great doctor. That like everyone needs to work with him. Or listen to him. Like, I don't know. It's like kind of becoming annoying. And Yeah,
2: I agree with you that Connor is a great accomplished doctor, but I mean you don't go parading around your accomplishments. Like he, he walks around like the E D revolves around him. I'm like, it doesn't. You're skilled, yes, but like put your head down and work hard. Don't boast about it.
3: Yeah, but I was thinking that I'm like Okay, I'm thinking about it. He was a trauma surgeon. Then he became a cardio, like... But, like, did he finish his, his residency as a trauma surgeon?
2: I think so. For what I know, he became a cardiothoracic fellow, and now he's back in the ED. He might still be a fellow, for all we know, but...
3: Okay, maybe.
2: Yeah, I just... and it. it Got to me at the end how he was like fighting Ava for this bypass machine. I'm like Connor, you just got your hybrid OR of your dreams and you're still complaining.
3: Yeah, but that's yeah, but that's Connor. Like I don't, you see, I don't even have anything else to say about Connor because every time we're gonna end up being that's Connor, but that's not okay. And you that's a talk
2: problem. About characters who are becoming exhausting. I wouldn't peg that on April. I would peg that on Connor.
3: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally agree.
2: Now, with that said, I absolutely adore Colin Donald. I think he's so insanely talented and everything, but, like, Connor's exhausting.
3: Yeah, but I want to do a quick shout-out to uh, Maggie's and Sharon, like, hair, makeup this season. (laughs) It has been on point. I don't know who's doing it, but I just wanted to say, like, every time there was a scene with Connor and I was seeing, like, Maggie or Sharon, I was like, Ooh, girls, you look fabulous. Okay. <laughs> Moving on.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so I think that might be just about all we've got for Med tonight. Connor just needs a reality check. And I feel like I've said that for a million episodes now, but he needs a reality check. It's just how it is. But I think that's about all we've got for Med. So before we decide so you were gonna say something. Go ahead.
3: I was, but I heard there's a rumor that Robin is coming, but what if Robin is coming with some drama, like, a baby or something?
2: Now, have you seen Micaiah Cox's latest Instagram post? She is pregnant in real life.
3: I know, but that would be, like, crazy.
2: And adorable. She's, she looks so good. Like, congratulations, Micaiah.
3: No, I love, I love her, but for Connor, like, drama life. It would have been the real check that he needs. But okay, that is the
2: uh, yeah, He my- I mean that that would be that would be a twist for sure.
3: That's kind of phantom, but let's uh, move on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean I just Connor needs a reality check straight up. So I mean that's that bad. So let's talk about before we before we let you sign off for the evening, let's talk about this preview for next week because mm-hmm. it looks like is going full PD.
3: Yeah. But I, mm, they're going full PD, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to be the main storyline.
2: Yeah, they're notorious for that, aren't they?
3: Yeah, I feel like it's going to be like what ten minutes of the episode, and the real storyline is going to be like I don't remember what's really, but I feel like in the promos for next week episode, like Col Connor, I was going to say Colin. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Same person. Uh, Connor characters is dealing with something big. Mm-hmm. So I feel that's going to be the main storyline. But I like, didn't want to show it yet. Because they're going full PD, but it won't be like, wait, then like, Jake, and I'll be there for the likes, all the 60 minutes, either. So I guess.
2: I can. <laughs> <laughs> I wish though. That came out I think last week or this week that said that, you know, Jay is pretty much like an honorary Medcast member this season. So like here for it.
3: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I read that too. So maybe. I I don't know. I feel like it won't be the end of it next week. No. You know? Right. So it's not gonna be a big thing. We're just gonna like slowly get to see Will as a CI, but it's gonna go on until like
2: Will is going to freak out. I feel like after he does this, he's going to be like, whoa, I didn't realize how crazy your job is, Jay. <laughs> like,
3: Probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's totally going to be like this. You're right. I
2: feel like Will is most likely to like, pee his pants as a CI out of terror. You think so? I just, I absolutely adore Will Hallstead, just to the point that I just want to hug him and be like, you're so cute! <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't
3: know. Well, I think Will's like going to handle it shitless. so well.
2: Yeah, after he completes this whole stint as a CI, he's going to be scared out of his mind.
3: Okay, maybe afterwards, you're right. But I feel like he's still going to handle it. It's just going to be, like, the rec- uh, replica- um, the replication? I don't know. <laughs> There's going to be a mess with Natalie and, like
2: like words are a little hard right now but yes i'm with you yeah,
3: yeah sorry it's like two in the morning i'm like i'm done <laughs> so, the
2: yeah, that's i feel like that's about all we've got for med so that was a lot to take in this week it was pretty crazy so perry thank you so much for joining us we love you so much
3: thank you and uh, whenever you want me back i'm there <laughs> Oh anytime
2: you are welcome back
3: anytime
2: so thank you perry tell everybody where we can find you
3: uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at perry Sehafain, which is p-e-r-r-y-e-d s-e-r-a-p-h-i-n yay,
2: That's, yay. That that. so perry thank you so much for joining us thank so- you So next, we're going to move into Chicago Fire, and for Chicago Fire, our very lovely friend Ashley from Telltale TV is back. Ashley, how are you, friend?
4: I am great, Nina. How are you?
2: Good. We love talking to you. I mean, we talk almost every day, but we love talking to you.
4: Right. Well, I love talking to you, too. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for coming
2: on. Yeah, this is exciting. So um, we had... A pretty run-of-the-mill fire episode this week, I would say, right?
4: Yes, definitely.
2: Yeah, a couple things went on here and there, but for the most part, it was a relatively tame episode, which, again, after that crossover, is welcome.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think this this one had its moments what I... So I review the show, for those who don't know. Um This is one of the shows that I review on a weekly basis for Telltale TV. and um So if you read my review, I talk about this, that... The nice thing about this for me was character development, right? Like there was a chance to kind of focus on the characters, even though some of it was, I don't know. I mean, I lost interest at parts, to be honest, but, um, but there was good character stuff going on, which I appreciated.
2: Yeah, for sure. Now, what we're doing this week, again, since it's, it's a little odd, is we're going to cover the fire news before we get into the fire episode. Because, again, three different people tonight. I want to get takes on everything. So let's start with the first bit of fire news. There's, there's actually some in, in interesting stuff to discuss here. So we have two episode descriptions for fire. We have 706 and 707. So, 706, again, this is going to be the Halloween episode, because we're getting three Halloween episodes on October 31st. I'm
4: so excited. Oh,
2: I'm so excited. So, the description for Fire says, Halloween is in full effect for Foster and Brett, who are sum- summoned to a home where a prank has quickly turned serious. And Gorsh continues his reign of terror on Firehouse 51. So, not a lot, not a lot to unpack here. Um, let's talk Halloween costumes. What do you think Stella Ride would be for Halloween?
4: Oh, my God. What would they be for Halloween? I wonder if Kelly is the kind of guy who would get into a couple's costume or not.
2: He's probably not, but Stella's going to force him into it, isn't she?
4: I think she could. I think she could convince him. If anybody could, I think it could be her.
2: But nothing elaborate. It would have to be something where, like, her costume is elaborate and his is pretty simple.
4: Right, right, right. Yeah, I can I can definitely, I think he would do it for her, but he would fight her on it. He'd have to be super cool. It'd have to be something super cool, you know. I don't think we even know, do we know anything about their, like, pop culture interests or anything like that? I can't imagine what they might, would uh, get into there. But
2: I mean, we, we learned in this episode that Stella was basically Ariana Grande in high school.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Maybe there's yeah. that. <laughs>
2: Or that. Um, I feel like Kelly would be a character from Top Gun or something. That just seems like Kelly.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to see that. Let's see that.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um, What's a good couple's costume they could do? Um, I could see Stella being like Jessica Rabbit for Halloween.
4: Yeah, I could see that, too. That would be cute. I don't know. I can't think of anything. I, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. What
2: about Casey? Would Casey dress up for Halloween?
4: No. Nobody. Why? There's nobody to make him do it. You oh. know? I mean, it's that's so sad. <laughs> um, but it's true. I mean, you know, if anybody would have convinced him to do it, it would have been Gabby, right?
2: Most likely to dress up in a Halloween costume for Halloween at 51 would probably be Cruz and Otis. Yes?
4: Yeah, they would definitely do it. Um, they would do a
2: hilarious costume, like a BFF costume.
4: Yeah, yeah, they could do a, they could do something good like that. I'm sorry. I really can't think of any anything that would fit. I'm I draw blank on my own how to. on the
2: spot or anything, Ashley. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm very stressed out now.
2: Um, <laughs> episode. Um, do you have any other thoughts about who might dress up for white as Halloween? Casey would probably be like, "I'm a firefighter."
4: Get it? Right. Well, that's what they could all do, quite frankly. I could see Brett really getting into it. I could see her doing, like, a cute cat kind of, you know, thing. You know, pretty standard. Oh, she would
2: to be like a cat. She would probably be, like, something from Mean Girls where she's like, I'm a mouse. Duh. Like, something mm-hmm. like that. hmm That's funny. Yeah. So that's the Halloween episode. I'm, like, way more excited than I should be that we're getting Halloween episodes of these shows.
4: I think that's really cool. I didn't realize they were doing that for all three. Um, and that could be. I, I've talked to you about the show 911, and so I'm just going to talk about it here for a second too. Um, they had an episode. If anybody has watched that show in the first season, it was just a like a full moon. There's a full moon, and people were acting crazy, and it was, you know, like a creepy episode, and all the things that happened. Like, you know, everyone who got hurt, all the calls that they got were really like mysterious and creepy and it was very horror movie-esque you know and so i, I think it would be fun if chicago fire kind of went there as a halloween episode
2: yeah that would be funny so we'll see and i promise i will start watching it at some point i am really enjoying golden girls okay like <laughs> time. i'm really enjoying golden girls but yeah so We also got the episode description for 707, and this one we have a lot to unpack. Ashley, will you please take us through this description?
4: Oh, sure. Let's see. Okay. 707. Severide faces some major adversity, so that's big. Mm -hmm. Um, Severide faces some major adversity, and Kid is on a mission to help in any way she can. Following a car accident rescue involving a teenage girl and her young sister, a suspicious Brett has an unsettling feeling, and there's more to the story than what appears on the surface. Kim Delaney and Brittany Curran guest star.
2: Okay, do you know who Kim Delaney and Brittany Curran play? No. So Kim Delaney is Mama Severide.
4: Have we seen? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Brittany
2: Curran, I'm going to take you way, way back to season two. Um, Brittany Curran is Katie, Kelly's half-sister.
4: Oh, I forgot all
2: about that. So let's just piece these pieces together really fast. Okay, so <laughs> Kelly is facing extreme adversity, yes? <laughs> mm-hmm. Kimberly posted a picture where she's, like, wearing all black and she's in a the church. <gasps> they were coming in dress blues a while back. Gina. And Katie's back. Are they really gonna kill Benny
4: Severide? Is that actually what's going to happen? Oh, I mean, that's those pieces sure do work together. Um, wow. I know. Yeah, that would be powerful. But you, I, wow, yeah, those pieces make a lot of sense. That's interesting. Um, I had forgotten that he had that sister too. Wow.
2: Katie was awesome. I just, the way that Kelly just jumped into that role of Big Brother was just, like, the best. I mean, but are they really going to kill Benny? Are they actually going there?
4: How hard will you cry?
2: I will, I will cry. I will cry. Um, <laughs> I need a depends on how hard they hit us in the fields. I cannot watch that scene between Dawson and Casey at the end of the season premiere without crying. I cry every time. When he's like, I'm just glad I got to walk alongside you as long as I did. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will probably cry. Also, why are they killing
4: all the parents this season? Yeah, well, I was just thinking that because, you know, that happened with the crossover. And and I, I was kind of surprised that they killed off their dad. I know. I mean, and so, ugh, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting character development stuff, you know, for that to happen, but...
2: Ugh. I mean how does Kelly grow from that? It's going to devastate him.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't they they had such an interesting relationship too though. I mean, there will be you some think, guilt there for sure. You
2: think it would you think it'll devastate him more or less than Pat Halstead's death devastated Jay.
4: More, right?
2: It possibly, I mean, I feel like we know less about that relationship. We just know that, you know, it was, it was not great.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be like a lot of guilt there. It's probably going to be similar to Jay that Jay was like, he never came to my Academy graduation. Like he didn't care. He was just a ridiculous, whatever. And then at the end found out that, you know, he really did care. I think that's probably a similar thing to what we'll see if they do in fact kill Benny, like talk about out of left field
4: yeah good for that's that's so interesting that you pulled all those pieces together though because i would not have which i also haven't seen any of the pictures i haven't seen any of that stuff on social media at all so um but yeah that episode description and then hearing that um i mean that sounds like what they're gonna do
2: and i mean okay we're gonna talk about pd later but as you guys know episode five next week we're gonna see papa ruzik again so like up for adam's dad <laughs> <laughs> for sure
4: because
2: like shit oh it's like hi- not, it's not like hide your kids hide your wife it's hide your hide your parents yeah oh <laughs> yeah hide your kids first off because this is one chicago and we all know what happens hide your kids hide your parents because like shit that's crazy i yep. just everything points to it and so and then Treat Williams is not credited in that episode, so, like, what the hell? And they were all in dress blues, like, Mm. man. When they started posting pictures behind the scenes in their dress blues, of course, I messaged Brenna. I was like, Brenna, like, (laughs) they're in dress blues. This is never good. And Brenna was like, well, sometimes dress blues can be a good thing, right? And the one time that we try to be positive,
4: and this. Yeah. That's good investigative work, I have to give you that. That's that's... it's
2: not all us though. I mean a lot of credit goes out to all of our listeners because like they do a lot of deducing that we don't. So yeah. Awesome. Teamwork. Team effort as they say on PD. But shit, like they're they're gonna kill Benny. Like what? (laughs) I (laughs) can't wrap my head around that. That's just crazy. And I mean, I hope we're wrong, but still still crazy um we also got promo photos for 706 there wasn't really much to glean from that um but otherwise yeah that's all the news we've got on fire it was pretty much those episode descriptions so as always you guys know the drill send us news if you see it please you guys are so good about that so let's jump into this episode shall we yes okay so you want to start off with Stellaride and tyler
4: I think that that's an appropriate place to start. Yeah, what do you think about that?
2: You know, I was, you know, Severide seemed cool with it at first. That like, yeah, her best friend from high school is a guy, whatever. But then he had moments where I was like, why are you jealous? And then he'd back off and be like, you're cool again. And then he'd be like, you're you're doing the jealousy thing again. Like, stop it. Mm -hmm. So I had moments, and I was totally cool with Tyler until the end.
4: See, I was not. At all? No, I was on him from the start. Okay. Um, I mean, I just, right out of the gate, I, just the, the way that he was interacting with her and everything, I, I could just tell right away where that was going. It was so obvious to me. And it was, like, kind of, I mean, disrespectful because he, he was almost trying to, like, to me anyway, he was trying to stake a claim on her in front of Kelly, um, and in front of everybody, right? And so that's, just just from the beginning, I was like, oh, this guy is, is he's trying to win her over. Um, yeah, right from the start.
2: Yeah, I mean, okay, so, I I mean, I, I have a guy friend who I've known, like, literally half my life, and we're like this, we're, we call each other brother and sister. When we introduce each other, I'm like, this is my brother, and he's like, this is my sister. <laughs> Granted, though, he's happily married. I'm in a happy relationship, so it's not an issue. So I guess that's why I was like, this is really weird. Why is Kelly so odd about this? But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, mean, there was the moment where Kelly was like, he's in love with you. I was like, okay, but you should be secure enough in your own relationship that you realize this is not a threat, right?
4: Right. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing, too. I, I think Tyler was laying on thick. I think he was being disrespectful and I think it was obvious from the beginning, at least to me. But Kelly's jealousy was weird. Like even still, it felt weird.
2: Yeah, like I don't well but with that said, I don't think we've ever seen Kelly in this situation, in this position. So it was like, oh, okay. So Kelly is the jealous type.
4: Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I just because, because you're right. He he was cool with it. He wasn't like, oh, you have a friend that's a guy. This is a problem, you know. He he wasn't like that at all. He wasn't bothered by it until he met the guy. And even right when they they first met, the way that he kind of says, oh, you're the boyfriend. You're a lucky guy, you know. I was like, oh, there's this. This is a competition now. Um,
2: but it's really not. Cause like, have you met Kelly?
4: I mean, this is how I feel. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But I just, you know, it's not like he was jealous before. He wasn't jealous of the idea of her having a guy friend. He was jealous once he met the guy and saw how the guy was acting.
2: Yeah. And my, I mean, my problem with Tyler did not surface until the end when he straight up stepped to Kelly. I can't remember what he said, but it was something that I was like, Excuse you.
4: Right. Yeah. It was, I can't remember what he said either. And, and I mean, no, I can't remember what he said either. And something about, like, he he would always be part of her life or, you know, something like that, which is, like, fine to say. But he got up in his face. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody get up in Kelly's face like that before.
2: Right. Right. It, it never ends well for characters who get up in Kelly's face. Because, like, Kelly is just, like, it, like... I'm trying to think of, like, what, I don't know, when I was little, I was, like, really afraid of bees, and my parents would always tell me, like, if you leave them alone, like, they're fine. So, like, Kelly's, like, the little bumblebee of the firehouse. Just leave them alone, and he's fine.
1: Like. <laughs> oh, that's an amazing analogy.
2: I've only oh. had a glass of wine.
4: <laughs> I wish I had. I wish I had a glass <laughs> of wine right now.
2: But, like, he, he's a gentle character and, like, person. Just leave Kelly B. Don't cross him. Don't mess with him. He doesn't deserve that. Right. Just respect his space and respect him and respect that he's, like, an incredible character and firefighter who dangles from windows like 23 stories up. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and he he was completely friendly, right? I mean, he was completely friendly until... I, I mean, I don't know. He, he, he was... He he was friendly and then he was cautious when he saw their interaction. I think he was kind of like, oh, "Okay, you know," but he didn't say anything. He was he, he it's not like he was trying to start anything. Um but he he and he didn't even ask Stella so can we talk about that? The fact that she doesn't go to the to the thing. Yeah. Um He didn't ask her not to go. He just pointed out, right? Kind
2: of, like, suggested it, I think. It was just his tone that, like, Stella was like, never mind, I'm not going. Right. Then Stella seemed kind of upset about that. Like, she was looking at her her phone when they were at Molly's and everything. And so, like, okay, that got me a little bit. Sorry, if my high school friends are texting me, the only person I'm still friends with from high school is my best friend, like my BFF. But if other Mm -hmm. people from high school are like, come get together, I'm like, no.
4: (laughs) (laughs) same.
2: <laughs> but the point that Bryna brought up in the outline, which I thought was really good, is like, you know, do you think Stella regrets becoming that girl who chose her boyfriend over her friends?
4: I'm worried about it. I'm going to be honest. Um, You're more worried about Stella than Kelly? I'm worried about the whole thing. Okay. I'm worried this is going to throw a wrench in their relationship. Um. I hope not. I, w- I would
2: really hope they're stronger than that.
4: I hope so, too, because... I mean, they just, it's just the beginnings. And it's like, oh, let's just let these people be happy for a little while, right? Um, But I think this guy is supposed to be a recurring character. Spoiler, is that a spoiler? Um, I think he's supposed to be a recurring character, so he's not necessarily going away.
2: I feel like Stellaride has such a strong foundation in place, though. And I feel like I've said this before, but I feel like they're, they're, the foundation of their relationship is solid enough that, like, they should be able to weather this storm no problem. hmm So I'd be really I mean, I that, so. that drove a wedge between between them. And you know what concerns me more? is It's not that I don't trust Stella. It's that it, it kind of concerns me that it almost seems like Kelly doesn't trust Stella.
0: hmm
2: Which... I was like, oh, okay, oh, we got issues here. Yeah,
4: I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I took it as he didn't trust her. I think he took, I mean, it's it's kind of patronizing regardless, right? But I think I took it as he's just worried about, he just doesn't trust the guy, if that makes sense, which, is, yeah. which feels sort of patronizing because he's like, oh, well, you didn't even realize that he's in love with you, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if Kelly doesn't trust Tyler, that's has nothing to do with Stella. I mean, those are two that she can't control Tyler, right? But it's that you know, if he's iffy about her going to this lake house, it's like, well, wait a second, you don't trust her enough. Mm -hmm. So I don't don't know. I just but Tyler stepping up to Kelly at the end—that's what got me. That I was like, (sighs) you can exit stage left
4: yeah that was that was something no i mean it's it's definitely interesting um but that was that was quite a moment i can't believe kelly kept his cool the way that he did no, quite frankly no. uh, like um
2: every episode but like holy shit, those eyes every episode there's a scene <laughs> that i'm like holy shit, they're amazing
4: well they must do that on purpose right they must focus like, on, I, his
2: on eyes are really that blue and really that gorgeous <laughs>
4: like, um Oh, and so there was something that I noticed um, today. Was there, do you know anything about this? Was there a casting change um, for who was supposed to play Tyler?
2: I don't know. I never, I I actually never really saw an initial thing that came out. you know how when they cast people, it'll be like a quick blur, maybe from like deadline, and they'll Mm -hmm. be like, such and such is signing on for an episode of Fire. I never saw that.
1: So I, I don't know.
4: Yeah, well, so what's interesting is the photos that came out ahead of the episode, you know, the promo photos, um, had Kelly shaking the hand of a guy who was captioned as Tyler, different actor, different person. And so I thought that was really exciting. I, I was like, "Wait a minute, that's not the same person. What am I missing here?" Um, and so I was just curious. Like, I, I mean, I, I tried to look and, and see if I could find anything about that, but um, I just, I wonder, you know, if that was a like a last minute casting change or something like that. I don't know.
2: That's yeah. Um, listeners, if you know anything about that, send us pictures, please, because that I did not see. Yeah. Interesting. That was interesting. So, um, elsewhere in the firehouse, we got a little bit more development of the Brett and Foster relationship, which was good. Um, you know, basically, they get called to a gym where a little gymnast are running around, and this child has a really horrible, fr- horribly fractured shoulder. Now, um, there is a gym nerd on staff here at the podcast. Hi, my name is Gina. I'm a gym nerd. I love gymnastics. <laughs> Um, the gym storyline that I was expecting to see was one where, like, a gymnast takes a terrible fall and is, like, paralyzed. But this took a turn that I was not expecting to see. Yeah. Um, so they get this poor girl to med. And, I mean, again, her shoulder is, like, it's, like, almost a compound fracture, but, like, not quite. But Emily just kind of has a hunch that she's on performance-enhancing drugs at the age of 12.
0: Guys.
2: <laughs> okay, listen, there's a lot of scandal going on in USA gymnastics now. I could do a dissertation on the shit show that is USA gymnastics right now, but I don't really think I've ever heard of that sort of issue of performance enhancing drugs in a twelve year old in like a child. I'm not so you think
4: that's me. not realistic? Like do you think that's just
2: I don't think any part of the storyline was realistic, unfortunately, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, I actually meant to reach out. There is a gymnastics podcast in the podcast universe. It's called Gymcastic. It is fantastic. That rhymed and I did not mean for it to do so. That was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good podcast. I'm not drunk anymore, guys. Just, you know, that, I swear. Um, but Gymcastic is awesome. And I actually meant to reach out to them. I didn't get to today. It's been a little busy, but, but I did not think any part of the storyline was realistic, unfortunately. But that's not to say it hasn't happened, because it probably has. But, yeah, and so the whole gist of this is that, like, Emily is standing up for what she believes in. And, you know, as we know, she was a surgical resident, and then she got kicked out for cheating on her boards. We don't know too much about that, but basically it ends in Brett being like, I should have had your back right from the get-go. I'm sorry. And it turns out this whole
4: time her coach was the one doping her. (laughs) It's so upsetting. That was it's so upsetting.
2: Not as upsetting as what's actually happening in USA Gymnastics right now. But again, you need the scoop on that. Go listen to Gymnastic. It's bad. It's really bad. Mm. But, yeah, I was just kind of, I, I felt like this was not realistic at all. But with that said, however, if they had tackled what's really happening in gymnastics right now, I don't know how I would have felt about that. I would have been like, oh, that's uncomfortable. That's mm. really uncomfortable.
4: You've got me real curious as to what's actually going on.
2: You don't know? Um, No. There's a sexual assault scandal happening in USA Gymnastics right now. What? But, I mean, I just, I felt like this story wasn't completely realistic, but I feel like if they had actually tackled what was happening in gymnastics right now, that it would be very unsettling as well. So, I mean, I can't complain, but performance-enhancing drugs at 12, and the
4: coach was the one doping? I mean, it, yeah yeah i I mean that was hard enough for me to watch quite frankly um her injury too also I mean yeah well.
2: that was gruesome that was gruesome yeah. but not the way I ever thought they would have handled the gymnastics related call but again that's because I'm a gym nerd you know right. I'm probably like the only not the, I'm not the only person in the fandom I think I'm one of like maybe three or four who are like big gym nerds and can speak gymnastics fluently but whatever. Anyway, um, but it was good to get to know more about Emily. It was good to see their relationship strengthen, for sure.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: I like Emily.
4: Yeah, I do, too.
2: Yeah, and she's fitting right in, and so that's
4: nice. Which, by the way, is cool, because that could go so differently. Um, I mean, she's, you know, taking Gabby's place in the firehouse. People could just be unwilling to, you know have any part of her you know what I mean but she's everyone's just welcoming her and and she's fitting in okay and it's also positive which is nice I mean Brett had a you know hard time for obvious reasons but even she is like okay you know like we're gonna work together we're gonna be partners you know this is fine um and I just think I just think it's I think it's so positive compared to how it could have gone with a sure. newcomer coming in. And
2: if they had brought her in on, like, a negative note, that could have been really bad. I mean, when we, and we come back to this a lot, but when we spoke to Derek Haas back in May, you know, he mentioned he was like, I learned a really big lesson with Roman. Because they brought Roman in on a bit of a sour note, and nobody ever really warmed up to him.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: ever since then, it's like, you know, Stella was brought in with gabby's approval so it was just like right off the bat right. perfect so you know they brought emily in on that good note where they're like something is up with her but mm-hmm. she's got it. and so it's it's going to be good to see that that friendship strengthen although when brett was like my old partner was one of my best friends i was like oh excuse me as i like die in feels thank you for bringing up gabby and just making me like cry but yeah so brett yeah any other notes there
4: I mean no, I just I'm just glad. I I'm just glad at how all of that is going and I think she's, you know, got an interesting backstory and I like seeing that friendship develop. So I just I all of that makes me happy.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And anytime there's like happiness and friendship and good things at fifty one. Yeah. It's very, very welcome. So Um, We also had the issue with the grenades this week, and it was like Oprah up in there. It was like, you get a grenade, you get a grenade, everybody gets a grenade. Yeah. So this started a little slow, and the promo made it look like it was going to be like Grey's Anatomy, like Bomb in the Body episodes. You know, when Casey grabbed the grenade, I was like, this is some Meredith Grey shit right here. Yep. But it actually ended pretty well.
4: Yeah. It was a little underwhelming um I mean, I think they could have done so much more with all of this, right? Not to say I wasn't holding my breath every time that you know holding the box that he's holding the box of the grenades and then he passes them over to Kelly and I'm just like, oh, can't breathe, can't breathe, you know what I mean um but it but it all I don't know, I don't know.
2: So I pointed it out on Twitter on Wednesday night when the episode was airing. I was like, so somebody shows up to the firehouse and gives Cruz a bunch of cake pops. Somebody shows up to the firehouse and gives Casey a bunch of grenades. That's just not
4: fair. No, no.
2: Poor Casey cannot catch a break.
4: No, he cannot. And his face. Oh, my God. I mean, poor guy. Ugh.
2: But then, of course, Severide comes in. And Severide's like, I got this. Just just Severide things
4: hmm Which made me, I mean, the fact that those two were the ones handling it made me feel better, because if anybody else had been holding the box of grenades, I feel like I would have been worried someone was going to die. But I feel like if Casey's holding the grenades, or if Kelly's holding the grenades, like, we're good. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine.
2: I feel like that applies to most things, that like, the minute Kelly and Casey show up, like, everything's just kind of better. Like, anxiety <laughs> just kind of quells, and you're like, I'm, I'm gonna be okay.
4: Yeah. 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 They're 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 kind of magical in that way.
2: Magical, yeah. But I uh, got, I thought it ended really well when Casey was like, you know, kid freeze, like that's a real grenade, and then he just throws it in the water. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, that was that was, but it ended well because it could have ended a lot worse.
4: Well, that was a really stressful moment. I mean, of all the things, I mean, that poor kid just thinks that he's just got a toy, you know, and. And he's getting ready to throw the thing. I mean, oh I that would have been so tragic.
2: Oh, it would have been so tragic. Yeah. And then I mean that would have Casey would have been just like devastated. And Otis was there too. Otis would have just been like
4: <gasps> I'm so worried about Otis. I'm so worried about him.
2: You know, Otis needs a hug.
4: He really yeah. does. Yeah. Um which by the way, I mean this is not necessarily on topic, but we are going to go back there. Right. I mean, the whole thing that happened on on med with him and um, on the crossover uh, where he was like traumatized from the elevator, which but I'm still traumatized by. I
2: really hope that we do. And if we don't, I will be pretty disappointed.
4: Me, too. I mean, I, I kept thinking it would happen just in the very next episode.
2: Yeah. And I mean, this is something that. I know has been on my wish list for a couple of years now, is that I really want to see this franchise delve into mental health and like PTSD and panic attacks and things like that. Um, and I know i said that I want PD to cover it, but if fire covers it, especially with Otis who's been through hell in the past <laughs> season and a half, that would be great. And So yeah, I'm with you. I really, really hope they come back to it.
4: Yeah. I think that would be so interesting. And I don't want them to just drop the ball on it. First of all, but second of all, I think that would be so interesting for his character. And you're right, like, so important to actually address um, anywhere, you know.
2: For sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So any other notes on the uh, the grenades?
4: I just, you know that song? <laughs> the grenade song, the I Got a Grenade For You song? That's grenade, all I've been song. thinking about. <laughs> I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. So, uh, elsewhere,
2: we also had the storyline with Ritter. Ritter is officially at 51. I love Ritter. He seems awesome.
4: Agree. Yeah, I love that they did this. I love it.
2: Yeah, it really does seem like such a breath of fresh air. And it's good to see the mentorship between Mouch and Ritter. Uh, That's really good. and, And it just seems really awesome. Ritter seems like a good dude.
4: Yeah. I like how that happened too. Just the spot, just you know, open. It didn't just happen to open up. It opened up because Herman kicked that other guy out. Good for that him, by such the way. An oh my gosh, that whole thing was that whole thing was amazing because I love Herman so much, and I'm so glad that he just took charge like that.
2: Did didn't you feel like so proud of him seeing those bugles on his shirt finally?
4: Yes. Yes, I mean, I, I think yeah. a lot of us have wanted this for him for a while, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's a badass. Like, and he's he's always had this in him. It's just been a matter of like finding a spot for him and promoting him. So,
4: yeah, I'm so happy for Herman. Oh, it's so yeah. so. Good. It's great. But yeah, and he's good at it.
2: Yes, I feel like he's always had that in him to like lead. hmm It's just a matter of tapping into it now. Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely. I'm glad they found a way to promote Herman. And seeing his jacket, like when he would turn around, and it's like Lieutenant
4: Herman. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> such a special thing. I know. I, you know, what else is I? I just never really paid attention to the difference between like engine and truck and all these kinds of things too. Yeah. Um, so I think that's cool to to kind of bring that in.
2: Yeah, very cool. I never paid attention to that. I would like, and I, I know Brian asked me a couple weeks ago. She's like, so what's the engine at 51? I'm like, there is. There's an engine and. Mm-hmm. Like, like, figured that out, so that's exciting. But yeah, yeah, so good for Herman, so so good. So, yeah, that was, yeah. But Ritter is going to be interesting. I really hope we see more of Ritter's dog because that dog was adorable. Oh,
4: he was so cute! I know, and Mouch was so cute with him. Oh my gosh,
2: I know, so good. But I think Mouch is going to be a really good mentor for Ritter, yeah. So, and everything we've seen from behind the scenes, Daniel Kyrie seems like a really funny dude, so I'm digging it. Um, we also sort of unofficial, unofficially issued our, an invitation to Daniel to come on the pod the other night, and we can't really tell if he said yes or no. So, Daniel, if you're out there, please come on with us, just have
4: fun. Oh. With us. you don't bite! No, it's great. I this is my second time on the podcast already, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Everyone should do it.
2: Everyone
4: should do it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Meet us at Mollies. everyone should do it. <laughs> fantastic.
2: That's funny, yeah. And so Ritter is officially at 51,
4: and that's going to be good. And yeah, we,
2: we, we briefly touched on Herman. Um, let's talk about more of that now. So how do you think he's doing as a lieutenant?
4: I mean, I love it. I think he's doing good. I, I was I was worried about him at first. I can't believe these guys were treating him the way that they were treating him. Mm-hmm. Um, But, I mean, I think it was interesting to put him in that situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, So, yeah, I mean... And he had a little inspiration from, from Bowdoin, too. I mean, what's your take on all of that?
2: I loved it. And I loved when when Bowdoin told Herman, he was like, you know, put the book away and go with your gut. Yeah. That's, so there are some times in life where go with your gut is the best advice you could possibly get.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, I thought that was really great. And I'm glad Herman was just running on instinct. That's Herman. I mean, he's really good at kind of teaching people the right way to go and he's really good at you know everything he does every call he makes is always in the best interest of his men it's always to keep them safe like when gabby was a candidate in season two
4: season two <sighs> it's a long time uh,
2: ago. <laughs> i think at one point he got on her case and he was like well it's it's my job it's the old firefighters job to make sure that the young firefighters become old firefighters and mm-hmm. So oh, I mean, he's. That's always first and foremost on his mind is keeping his men safe and doing the best job possible. And so that's what he was doing. He was just kind of trying to get everyone in line. And they were they were flat out disrespecting him. So I get yeah.
4: it. Yeah, yeah. I cannot believe they put his pins in the urinal. Like,
2: oh god,
4: you guys, you guys. That's too far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I was really upset. I mean, how like, childish! Offered to do so. Yeah. Um, really ridiculous. Yeah. So, what a satisfying moment to see Herman just be like, you know what? You're leaving. You're gone.
2: What did he say when he got in the guy's face? He's like, "That's Lieutenant Herman. Show me some damn respect." I was yeah. Like,
4: oh. <laughs> I love I mean,
2: it. He deserves a lot of respect. He's been around for a while. I mean, he's mm-hmm. Herman. Yes, he's a goof, whatever, but he's still. Deserves a lot of respect. He's a badass. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see him grow as a leader because it's long deserved. It's long overdue, well-deserved. It's good.
4: Yeah, I like it. So the
2: other side note that we got here, the episode ended, and we got to see Nina Shore for the first time in forever. That was a Frozen reference that I did not intend on making. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> i really did not intend on making a person reference there that was that was bad that was really bad uh, but yeah we saw patty for a minute because i think she was in chicago for like a week or something on a vacation and she was able to pop in for a scene it was so good to see her
4: yes morning time mm-hmm. yeah. um what have we seen her where have we seen her Mostly on on Med, right? Like not she she was
2: Dr. Nina Shore on Med, she was the pathologist and she dated Will.
4: Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. She dated
2: Will in season two. Um, when really everybody under the sun ships her with Connor because like obviously Mm -hmm. Colin and Patty, who were like the most adorable couple ever. Right, right. But it was good to see her and yeah, if you know, I hope Frozen never ends, but if it ever does, I hope she comes back and Ends up with Connor, and they live happily ever after. The end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
2: Yeah. Um, Ashley, any other notes on fire that you can think
4: of? Um. No, I mean, I think you know, it's good things. It wasn't the most exciting episode, but I mean, good things. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Very. And so, um, before you sign off for the night, I want to bring Jessica on first, and Jessica's going to talk PD with me, but. There was a news item that came out late Thursday that I want to discuss, and I want to bring Jessica on for this because I want to talk about this all together. Okay, so Jessica, you're with us now. Jessica, how are you?
1: Doing great. How are y'all?
2: Good, good. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We know uh, you you are one of our our PD buddies who we love to talk PD with. You're also one of my Power Rangers buddies, but that's a conversation for another time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, thank you for having me back. What'd you say? Thank you for having me back. Hell yeah, of course, of course. So we are not letting Ashley sign off yet. We're kind of holding her hostage because I <laughs> want to talk about a piece of news that dropped late on Thursday. This came from TV Line. Now, I think it came from TV Line, right? I think so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so, TV Line loves their blind items, which, like, it, that's great and all. Blind items are cool. But dropping them four weeks into the season, I'm like, this is not cool because it's super early. So basically the gist of this blind item today, or today being Thursday, the gist of this blind item is that a major character from a long-running drama is leaving. And that was it. That was the blind item. Like, the end, we're not telling you anything else. Now, Now, a lot of people are speculating. Nobody thinks that it's one of the One Chicago shows. Like, everybody is speculating basically NCIS or Grey's Anatomy. That's great. But somebody did tweet, just kind of jokingly, they were like, oh, Matt's going to get Gabby, which I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. But then I started thinking about it, and I was like, well, wait a second. Like, let's play this out for a second. What if it was Casey? And Jess, you had brought up a really good point on Twitter. I can't remember what you said. It's late. But it was a good point. Uh, And I just kind of wanted to get y'all's takes on this of, like, Would that, how would that be in terms, would that be a satisfying ending for Dossie? Like, how would that impact everybody? Just kind of flush out this theory with me. What do you guys think?
1: Well, Basically, for me, um, basically what I said was Matt Casey is a Gabby Dawson guy, not a Chicago guy. And I personally think that would be a very satisfying ending, him going to get his girl. Because that's Casey. I think that's interesting.
4: I mean, I I think you're right. And I think, I agree. I think that would be, in terms of their relationship, I think that would be satisfying um, to see him go after her like that. I mean, that would be, that would be really sweet, first of all. And it kind of solves all of their issues. I mean, what is keeping him in Chicago?
2: His job. Yeah. Then it goes back to what you saying, Jessica, that he's a Gabby Dawson guy.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's a question of, like, what does he love more? Does he love Chicago or does he love Gabby? Mm-hmm.
4: That's an interesting idea.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to discuss it with you guys, because I was like, listen, this is in no way us being like, yeah, it should be, Casey. Like, yeah, go ahead. No. That's just us being like, there's a lot to unload here. Let's talk about this. Yeah, with that said, I'm in no way, shape, or form ready for Jesse Spencer to leave. This has to be, like, a million seasons from now.
4: Oh, definitely.
1: It would be very fitting. But given the choice between a Dossie divorce or Jesse Spencer leaving so Matt can go get Gabby, I'm all for the latter. (laughs)
4: You think the show would be okay without him? Like, how? What would the show be like without him?
1: I think Taylor Kenny is more than capable of being the lead character on Chicago Fire.
4: That's a hot take, right? <laughs> I agree with it. <laughs> That's really interesting. I mean, so the the other thing that this just makes me think of is that, at least in these past few episodes. What are they even doing with Casey right now, you guys? Yeah, okay.
2: yeah. Okay. You guys talk about this because Ashley, you had brought this up to me earlier, and I was like, I don't know if I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I agree with that. That Casey's been reduced to a background character. I've seen it a lot on Twitter, but hmm. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. You guys talk about this.
4: Okay. Well, I mean, I just, I just think that. You know, it hasn't been glaring to me necessarily, but he certainly hasn't been the focus. Um, And there's a lot of things that I think we want to see with him right now. I mean, we've barely even seen him deal much with Gabby leaving, much less anything else, really.
1: I agree. Like, all we see from Casey is work Casey. We don't really see him out at Molly's that much. We don't see him at home, which that would be terribly depressing see him in the empty apartment. Mm-hmm. I digress. Um, so, yeah, all he is is and Casey. And we're not
4: even really seeing that, like, we're not seeing anything, any depth to his character right now, right? Like, we're just kind of seeing him right. doing the job. We're not seeing anything going on in his mind, really,
1: I think. Right. And I've talked with friends about this. Lately, over the past couple of seasons, anyway, the only thing keeping Casey interesting was Gabby. It might mm. anyway.
4: Interesting. And, and now
1: he's kind of taken half of that away, so maybe they just don't know how to write Casey as standalone Casey anymore.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: See, but that brings up an interesting point, Jessica, because I was thinking about this earlier, that, like, you know, if that's the way they were to end, that Casey would just go off and be with Gabby, it's that, you know, he, he it, his character was nothing without her, and that would have been, I'd be disappointed about that. I'd be like, there was nothing else to his character aside from how much he loved Gabby. There's nothing else aside from that. True. But that, there was... Oh, sorry,
1: go that
4: that ahead.
1: more on that's more on what he's been given script-wise than anything else.
4: Hmm. There was so much interesting stuff when the show first started, right? Like, it started with, and I mean, I'm probably not remembering everything correctly, but it started with they lost, like, Casey and Severod lost their, like, third friend, right? And there was so much oh, right. going on there. Um, And any kind of love story was secondary for a long time, I think. Yeah. It'd be interesting to go back to that a little bit. I mean, I think they could certainly do more things. Because, Gina, you're right. Like, I mean, that shouldn't be it. I don't know.
1: Because as far as Casey's romance stories went in season one, you had Callie, who was on again, off again, until tragically off again. (laughs) And you dealt with him grieving that in like the first half of season two. Mm -hmm. But you haven't, but you're right. You haven't seen him really deal with Gabby going to Puerto Rico at all this season, except for a couple of minutes in the crossover.
4: Right. Well, I will just I, I will just say this and then I'm gonna have to sign off you guys. But um I think I don't think that it's I hope it's I hope it's not. I hope it's not. I hope that's not I who it seriously
2: is. doubt that it is. It's just somebody brought it up on Twitter and I was like, Let's wash this out. Like I think it's a far fetched theory. I, I don't think it's anybody on the one Chicago shows. I don't think we have to worry about it. It just was an interesting what if that I was like let's
1: discuss this mm-hmm. well what's interesting is soon after the blind item dropped Emily Longeretta tweeted that she was working on a story and now she's having to go back and do some fact checking and we all know she loves her one Chicago uh, oh Emily Longeretta does the Lord's work when it
2: comes to this franchise I know Brennan I say it every week she does the Lord's work so that's a little unsettling
4: All right, you
2: guys. Yeah, go ahead. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for letting us hold you hostage.
4: (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. It's always fun to talk.
2: You are welcome back anytime, friend.
4: Thank you. All right, you guys have a great night.
2: Good night. Bye. All right, Jess. It's just me and you. So, let's move on to shooting. What'd you say? Let's PD party. Yeah, the PD party, yes. All right, let's move on to Chicago PD. Now, what we've been doing tonight, as you guys know, is we're covering the show-specific news with that show. So let's start off with the PD news. So it's pretty tame with the PD news. It's not really a ton of stuff. So I'm scrolling up to the top here. Let's see. Um, With the PD news, we got a PD deleted scene and this scene was between Antonio and Brennan. Jess, do you remember this scene? Because I feel like it dropped
1: late last week. It dropped sometime over the weekend, I believe. Yes. It, uh, it was It was good to kind of flesh out what happened when Antonio went in at, at the premiere episode. I'm sorry. It's late. Um, <laughs> it kind of fleshed out how the case wrapped
2: up. Yeah, it was one of those where, you know, it makes sense why they deleted it. It just kind of would have bridged the gap with some knowledge, like we would have known some things. Right. Yeah, so that was good. Um, We also got an episode description for season six, episode seven. Um, Jessica, would you be willing to take us through this?
1: Um, If I had it in front of me, I definitely would, but I don't have it in front of me.
2: Okay, so we also got an episode description for Season 6, Episode 7. And this reads, Intelligence suspects leader of a local mosque is behind the bombing of a recruitment station. After a second explosion, Voight urges Halstead to follow the facts and not let his time in the service cloud his judgment. This is where all of the J fans jump up and down, and they're like, another J in the military story? Yes! So.
1: I love J backstories.
2: Yeah, so,
1: what have you. Give them all to me.
2: Right. Always. Please. But don't let this one end in him getting shot, okay? Because the crossover was too much Please, for me. No. no, that's enough. Like too too much injured J. I can't do it. So that'll be really good. And hopefully we'll get more scoop. There's just more stories to be had that I want to hear.
1: Yes. And hopefully this one doesn't end with him crying alone anywhere. Right. I remember, like in season three, he had a military backstory episode, ish, and it ended in it, it ended in him crying alone in the locker room.
2: Oh my god! And it also ended him with him in his like his military gear, like at the funeral, just mm, fuck me up. Yeah, just oof, Sad. That episode still is like it just still like shakes me.
1: I'm like, Ugh, poor Jay. Protect him There's a lot of season three that I cannot go back and watch, but that's one that I, I don't mind watching.
2: Season three is good in terms of, like, an emotional gut punch. Like, season three is raw and, like, really good. Really, really good. I agree. So, okay, we also got, this is the last scoop we have on PD, um, TV Lion gave us a little scoop. They didn't give us a blind item. They didn't want to torture us this time. But uh, this was one of those, it, kind of like an Ask Us Yellow, but not really. But basically somebody asked for a scoop on Chicago PD. And basically what we got, it says showrunner Rick Eyde plans to shed light on Haley's background with what is a really hopefully powerful episode that explores that exact issue.
1: Okay, We're following. I think I had to go back and look at uh, the episode description for what I think is episode six is what he's referring to, um, to kind of know what the heck he was talking about, since he was so very forthcoming with all that information. Right.
2: That'll be interesting to see uh, what goes on there. Because, yeah, let's learn more about Upton. I'm always up to to learn more about the characters. Like, less case, more backstory, please. For sure. So, are you still there, Jessica? Uh, I'm here. Okay, good, good. I was afraid I lost you there for a second. Okay, so yeah, that was our PD news. As always, if you see anything, feel free to send it to us. You guys are really good about that. Um, let's jump into the episode, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So that beginning scene, just, you know, mm. um, Obstek is basically flirting, and then Br- Br- Burgess walks in, and she's just like, this is awkward. Um, what did you think of Bruzek walking Burgess out, Jessica?
1: Um, how very Lucas Scott of you.
2: <laughs> you did tweet that today,
1: didn't you, about Lucas? Yes, like, that was very Lucas in the way of, oh, hey, Brooke, I know I'm with you right now, but Peyton kind of needs me too. So I'm going to go hang out with her for a little bit
3: yeah. and try to be
1: all charming. Yeah. So, no, well, I didn't love that. I have some issues with Adam for Zach right now. Oh, oh,
2: get in line. I, I feel like everybody has issues with Adam Ruzick, but uh, let the record show that Gina did not make the One Tree Hill comparison and Jessica did. Um, but it's still, like, spot on because, yeah, that, that very, very Lucas Scott. And, like, it, the whole upstick thing, the thing that drives me crazy here is that he's going to hurt Burgess when she finds out, but he's also hurting Haley because part of him is always
1: going to be drawn to Kim. Yep. He's playing them both. I mean, he is channeling his inner Lucas Scott. You know, he and Casey must be watching old episodes of Tree Hill together. <laughs> <laughs> and instead we've talked their, about this before, how Casey is probably of, a bad Hill Yeah. Instead of their bowling league, they're just watching one Hill. No big deal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I just – and again, and I was talking about this earlier with, I think, Harry about how, like, you know, this, this franchise does a really – odd job of having exes be friends like we were engaged you can't tell me that they're besties now and that's that and they put the time that they almost got
1: married aside right it would be a little more believable if we have if we had ever seen them have you know a conversation about it right right and so i mean just ruzik trying to have
2: his cake and eat it too and i'm just like don't you dare play bird just like that stop it right like if he would just be honest with himself and realize he still loves her like he can't help it it's just he still loves her it's just he needs to like realize that
1: i think he does he just i think he honestly thinks that birds doesn't want to be with him which again goes back to have a conversation with each other yeah
2: yeah. You think he's like using Upton to kind of make himself think that he doesn't feel that way?
1: Mm. I think he's just using Upton to keep the sheets warm. Yeah,
2: that's that's a good way to put it, unfortunately. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So Marina did a QA on Instagram. I wanna say this was either Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't quite remember. But somebody asked a question in the Q&A that was kind of interesting. Somebody said, you know, will we ever be getting a Burzik reunion this season? Which, like, at this point, that question just makes me cry. Because I'm just like, how could you do this to us with Upton and Ruzik? Ugh. But Marina what? replied, and she had just – she she replied, and she said, you know, they just added the first scene of the episode a few days ago because they felt that Burgess needed to bump into Upton. <sighs> <sighs>
1: Why? Right. That's all I
2: want to know. No, right. Like, why? And it's just, I'm, again, I just, I feel like all of the emotions about Upton and Ruzik that we all have could just like fill books and books and books. But I just, I, Burgess deserves a conversation. If he wants to be with Upton, that's fine. You're entitled to move on just the same way she is. But like, she, she deserves a conversation
1: or like a heads up of like, hey, This is what's going on. Right. But on the same token, Rizek kind of deserved a conversation about Roman, too. (laughs) I think we all deserved
2: a conversation about Roman.
1: (laughs) Uh, I can still close my eyes and see the face he made when he found out about them in the courtroom. Yeah, it was like heartbreak. Yes.
2: Do you think that he deserved a conversation about Matt Miller? I mean, he kind of got one, though, didn't he?
1: He got one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, maybe he does think that she just doesn't want to be with him. And, you know, part of me wonders, I maybe Burgess really is at that point where she doesn't necessarily, it's not that she doesn't want to be with him. I think it's just not on her mind right now.
1: Right. I know she's, like, she's on a career path, which is great. Yes. But, and I brought this up with some people earlier, but at some point you have to think about how much time apart is too much time apart.
2: I would think three seasons of time apart is enough.
1: Yeah. So it's either completely move on or, you know, get the show on the road. It's crazy. It's crazy.
2: But, yeah, so we uh, we got an email from Kate about this. Again, you guys had a lot of opinions this week, which we love. Because, um, yeah, I mean, Brendan and I know each other well, right? So we know each other's opinions, and we're going to bounce off of it. But when you guys give us a fresh perspective, we love that. And so um, Kate's email just said, you know, what did you guys think of all the behind-the-scenes we got this week, especially involving Burzik, and, and, you know, the reaction to fan response last week, or just promoting the episode, or was that more teasing? I mean – it was partly teasing, I think. I don't think, you know, th- yeah, they, they were teasing us. They were like, bersig, 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 and then it was more Uptick instead. And so. Right. Yeah. I mean, and the behind the scenes stuff, though, I mean, those are completely separate because Patty and Marina are like besties, right? So like. Right. Yeah. When, a- when Marina
1: looked at Patty and said, no, go be with Upton. nobody asked you, I about died. I know. That
2: was the best.
1: <laughs> so good. Uh
2: and that kind of reflected what we got in this episode, right? Because I mean we were blessed with
1: birge water this week. Oh yeah. And that it was like I think Tuesday night I tweeted out a picture of uh, Marina and LaRoyce. And I was like, I really hope we get some quality birge water and boy did we. And it wasn't just on P D, they popped up on fire too. Yes.
2: Like hashtag blessed. <laughs> it was the best. Very- but there was, there was that scene towards the end of the episode when, uh, you know, shots were fired. And so, like, just went in, Atwater was behind her, and then, like, five seconds later, Ruzik pulled up and was trying to, like, figure out where they were. In my head, I was like, Adam, she doesn't need you. Like, you're being ridiculous. She has Kevin to fill in for you right now. Right. Like, that's that's the role. Kevin's the BFF. And so, when you fuck up, he's there to pick up the pieces. Exactly. He was so good with her last night, too. I mean, you can just tell they're total besties because he was like, you're not yourself. Like, you're, you're being weird. Just Right. Blessed so when with- he said, look at
1: me, I was like, there, there it is. Bergewater. Yeah. BFF goals.
2: Total BFF goals. Yeah. I mean, we were totally blessed with Burgewater last night. It was great. Great, great, great. Um, should we touch on Burgess and Brennan, or do you want to talk Ruzik and Antonio first?
1: let's talk Ferguson and Brennan. So, Brennan kind of played her, didn't she? Straight up. God, that's cold.
2: I right. think she saw someone she can manipulate. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't like how she manipulated her from the aspect. She was like, you're a strong female cop. I was
1: like, don't use that as a bargaining chip. Right. That's messed up. I like, think my, my response was, duh, she's a strong female cop. Have you ever seen her in action? Where have you been in the past six seasons? Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I mean, Brendan completely played her, and that that was unfortunate, because, I mean, you always want to see the female characters, like, supporting each other and bonding. You don't want to see them pitted against each other and at each other's throats. Like,
1: that's right. Not a big I, think in, I think in 2018, we should be far beyond that.
2: I mean, yes, but at the same time, this still does happen. I mean, it's not a perfect world where, you know, oh, the meeting movement yeah, I happens and, like, feminism is just, like, at the forefront and, you know, every female flips a switch. Unfortunately, it's not like that. I wish it was, though. Um, right. I mean, it showed, it's kind of a testament to how Burgess is as a cop, that she didn't throw Brennan under the bus. She didn't just look at Boynton and be like, i was doing what Brennan told me to do. Right. So, I mean... That was dicey, and so, I mean, I just, I hope Brennan leaves Burgess alone, because I feel like of all the members of Intelligence, Burgess is the most susceptible to manipulation
1: like that. Right, because she has that, she has a good heart, and it's a big heart, Mm -hmm. and sometimes, sometimes she forgets that she's not the sweet little beat cop anymore.
2: Sometimes. I mean, for the most part, I feel like she's really come into her own, but every now and then, sweet little beat cop returns. Yeah, I get that. Right. Yeah. it so... happened with Kendra a lot last
1: night, though. The yeah. beat cop kind of came out in her.
2: Kendra really brought that out in her. Yeah. And, like, that was a very rookie mistake to bring Kendra along on that call. And, like, she knew it, too. Because, like, Burgess is still the newest member of Intelligence-ish. I mean, Upton came along after, yes, but Upton had experience before that. Right. So, you know, yeah, I think that was a little bit of a rookie mistake. So, yeah, I mean, I, I still say Burgess is probably the most susceptible. And, like, Boyd really came down on her, too. Yes. Boyd's really good
1: with the tough love this season. Voight is amazing with a tough love, but I can honestly say that if if he screamed at me like that, I would cry. Like, I would just sit in the corner of his office and cry. I could never work for Hank Voight.
2: Ever. No. no. He's terrifying. And, like, the shady stuff that he would expect people to do, I'd be like, um, have you met me? I'm, like, really sweet. I don't do that kind
1: of stuff. If he ever handed me any money, I would say, did this come from your safe?
0: <laughs>
2: that's <It's> just... <laughs> funny yeah. where did this come from <laughs> that's funny or I mean and I, I would I would probably find myself more in line with Antonio being a rule follower which is funny because in the past I've ripped Antonio apart for being the rule follower so nice little self revelation there
1: no and that's the thing like most of the time that's me but yeah. I completely understand that voice methods are quick. Yes. And efficient. That's the word.
2: <laughs> so, this guy who played the perp last night, I can't remember his name, but do you recognize the actor? Because a couple people have, and I'm like, I don't know what he's been in. I did not recognize him. Okay, a couple of people have. I'm gonna look into that and see where I recognize him from because he looked really—he looked sort of familiar, but I was like, "Ah, uh, name doesn't ring a bell." Nothing really rings a bell, but yeah. I was so...
1: working on figuring out who um, the guy that was giving Herman a hard time on Fire Farms—he looked really familiar to me, and I could not figure out where he was from.
2: And you know who was familiar to me was Bernie on Chicago Med, <laughs>
1: and I. think right that out,
2: but somebody pointed out to me that he was on Dexter, which I loved, and so maybe that's where I recognize him from. Okay, I've never seen Dexter, so. You need to, it's good. It's good. So, elsewhere we had Ruzik and Antonio. Did these two reconcile when I wasn't looking? Like, where was I when these two reconciled?
1: You know, we must have been in the same place when that happened, because I must have, maybe it's just, like, it's just one of those relationships where they have their good days, they have their bad days, and when they have their good days, it's really good. I think they
2: finally realized, like, hey, let's cut the shit and, like,
1: you know, get down to business. And so... And it's about time. What'd
2: you say? I said it's about
1: time. Because last week I was ready to slap them both silly.
2: Yeah, like, it was about time. Do you think Outwater
1: got through to Ruzik? Yes. And That and... A lot of Ruzek's issue was he was mourning out. So as more and more time goes on, he's going to get better, I think.
2: Yeah. I think that's fair. Totally fair. So, yeah, I mean, they reconciled somewhere when we weren't looking. And then we got this little hint of what's to come for Antonio. And I think they're going, like, season one Severide.
1: That's what it looked like. Yeah. So, like, Go ahead, go ahead. Is he going to have a miraculous shoulder surgery? And just like that to work? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yes, I mean, Antonio tweaked his shoulder last week. I don't think any of us really thought anything of it, but then he went to go, like, open the gate or something, leading mm-hmm.
1: with injured shoulder, which is
2: probably not
1: the best idea. Well, and, what was interesting to me was it called back to last week when – Voight told Antonio, you know, he needed to rely on the younger guys more. So while everyone else was thinking something else, I was thinking, oh, they're working on a promotion for him to get him out of the field because he's getting old. That's where my mind went. A couple of people thought that, too, that they were like, oh, we're
2: just going to make Antonio getting old jokes the rest of the season. But they kind of took a turn on us because at the end of it, he popped a pain pill and called in for a refill. So, okay, we're going. All we're, right. we're, season one right? All right, let's go. So, that'll be interesting if that, I mean, that'll be interesting if Antonio unravels because the unit's just going to be like, what the fuck is happening?
1: Yeah. Rule follower Antonio
2: unraveling. Yeah. For real, for real. Um, that'll be really interesting. And so we got an email from uh, one of our listeners, Haley, and she just kind of wanted to give us a little bit of a theory on what's going on with Antonio and how this might play into the midseason finale. So she basically said that, you know, it seemed telling that Antonio told Ruzik that he'd never let anything happen to him. And then we saw him popping pills. So she said, you know, what if they're both in a situation where Antonio's addiction has some kind of effect on him and he gets Ruzik shot or injured? So we said it could she said it could lead to a pretty interesting story given all that's happened between them already. Um, I think that's a really good theory. I think
1: I think excellent theory. That could yeah. actually wrap up a few other storylines, aka Ricc. Oh, Berzik. I just,
2: I'm so mad at the writers for this. I'm just like, don't play with us. Like, I'm really mad at them. I'm, I'm like, I've tried to, like, lose hope with Berzik, so I'm just like, you can't disappoint me anymore, so take that. Um,
1: well, whose idea was it to send Marina out on that promo tour anyways? That was a bad move.
2: I mean, again, and we talked about this last week. I feel like this whole thing is a little tone deaf, but like at the same time, it's a double edged sword because like Ruzik's entitled to move on just as much as Burgess is. It. Yeah. So I don't know.
1: I don't know. But that's an excellent theory. Yeah. Ruzik getting shot because of something Antonio did. For sure. Or I didn't can do. Theory.
2: So. I mean, and this was, again, a lot of stuff happened in this PD episode, but those were kind of the main points we got out of it, That you know, what came down on Burgess, Burgess kind of made some rookie mistakes, Ruzica and Antonio reconciled at some point, I don't know. Um, Do you have any other notes on PD? Um, no. (laughs) Okay, so that's about all we've got for tonight. It was a busy week. This was a jam-packed episode, to recap. Jess, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. Welcome back. Welcome back anytime. Tell everybody where we can find you.
1: You can find me on Twitter at J.D. Rocks. Oh, wait. That's R-O-S. Beautiful.
2: Um, as always, listeners, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, all over the place. You can email us at at gmail.com. Catch us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna is at BrynaK13. And that is about all we've got for tonight's episode. So... Everybody have a great weekend. I know I'm speeding through this, but it's late and we are tired. Um, Yeah, so everybody have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Good night.